You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com, and this episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's appropriate that I'm plugging Aram Layton because he is also the host of Locked On Marlins, and we have some Marlins to talk about on this episode. Um, yeah, this, um, so here's the deal. I was going to record last night, but I had a fair amount of heat exhaustion. Um, Atlanta, Canada getting hit with its... It's not the level of heat wave that, you know, Seattle, Vancouver are getting hit with, but it was it was pretty bad. It was like 39 with the humidity here yesterday. And I was out and about, so I was I was pretty uh pretty gassed. So I was waiting until today, a little bit cooler. It's a little bit cloudy. We got some some shield from the sun. Um, and I was just going to talk about um, the Blue Jays taking care of business against the Orioles and expecting them to do the same against Seattle. Uh, but instead, we have finally gotten an answer to some long, long recited prayers in regards to this team. Yes, the Blue Jays have made a deal. First one. Um, that isn't just acquiring a pitcher off of a DFA list. And we are going to break it down in its entirely on this episode. I'm going to be focused on the two main players coming back from the Marlins. Um, and then the last episode, we'll be talking about the Blue Jays that are departing. Um, both in the trade and off the 40-man roster. Because we do have a DFA on Toronto's side. We're going to talk about that. Um... So, yeah, if you haven't seen the trade, and honestly, I don't know how you would if uh, if you're listening to this, the Blue Jays have acquired outfielder Corey Dickerson and reliever Adam Simber from Miami, along with cash considerations to pay for portions of Corey Dickerson's salary in exchange for backup infielder Joe Panic and right-handed pitching prospect Andrew McInvale or yeah it's McInvale it's an MC it's not an MAC so we'll we'll talk about them in a bit but I am going to focus on the acquisitions that the Blue Jays made here and we are going to start with the guy who we actually won't immediately see and that is Corey Dickerson um, y'all may remember Dickerson for his all-star campaign in 2017 while with the Tampa Bay Rays when he batted 282 with 27 home runs and 62 RBIs. Um, he's bounced around a bit since then. Um, uh, he was dealt to Pittsburgh um, for Tristan Gray, Daniel Hudson, and Cash. Then bounced to Philly 
Um, signed as a free agent with the Marlins in 2020 on a two-year deal. This is the second year of his deal. So he will be a free agent at the end of the season. And, um, you know, Dickerson's always been a guy who's who's been good at hitting for average. The power hasn't been there so far this season. Um, in 62 games with the Marlins in 2021, he's batting 260 with just two home runs and 14 RBIs. Um, he's struck out 45 times. He's walked 16. So a 321 on base percentage. Corey Dickerson's not a guy who draws a lot of walks. That's, that's just what he do. Um, but it is a continuing trend of Dickerson's power decreasing. Um, uh, like I said, he had that 27 home run season, that all-star campaign in 2017. Since then, it's gone 13, 12, 7, Obviously, 2020, a shortened season. So you project seven out, um, it'd be a little better. But then the two this season, um, and you do have to wonder if the injuries from the past had affected him a little bit. In 2019, he was um, dealing with an injury while with Pittsburgh. And that's kind of why he was, he was able to be dealt off to Philly. Um... So, he's been dealing with a foot issue, and that is why he's actually going to be on the IL um, for the moment. We're not going to see Dickerson for a little bit. Um, he's had a left foot issue, a sim um, it's the same foot that he actually injured in 2019 when he fractured a bone in it. Um, he does still have a contusion on that foot. So he is going to start on the IL. So the outfield isn't going to be swamped as of yet. But what Corey Dickerson gives the Blue Jays is a left-handed bat off the bench. And you may have noticed in the past couple weeks, they didn't have one because they optioned Rowdy Telez, uh to the minors. And... I think that tells you where the Blue Jays are in their progression with Rowdy Tellez. And, and it speaks to Rowdy on a couple fronts, not necessarily his own fault. But going into the season, Rowdy Tellez was supposed to be the left-handed bat off the bench. Um, with four outfielders who were capable of, you know, being in the lineup based on their talents in Guriel, Springer, Grichuk, and Hernandez... Um, yeah, it was, it was going to be tough for Rowdy to be anything but that bat off the bench, and he hasn't really been doing it. He batted just 209 prior to his demotion, four home runs, eight RBIs, um, a 33 to 9 strikeout to walk ratio, which is a far cry from the 20 to 11 walk ratio that he put up in 2020. So he had regressed a bit, um... And with Vladdy just playing out of his world, there was no need to, like, put Rowdy in the lineup so Vladdy could get a break DHing. We saw Joe Panic actually in that role a lot, uh, coming off the bench to play first base instead of Rowdy. So, Telez didn't really have a spot anymore. It's why he was optioned down, um to Buffalo to actually get some playing time to try and get right. I mean, the Blue Jays are still invested in Rowdy Telez. He's only 26. Um, so there's still time with him. 
But for a team that's more built to win now, Rowdy just was not getting it done off the bench. And and when you're you're a pinch hitter, your job is to get a hit. Doesn't have to be a home run. You just have to get on base, get on so another guy can come in to pinch run. Um, just so there is that presence on the base pass. And again, 209 ain't going to do it. So there are the hopes that um, Dickerson, when he comes back, will hit more consistently for average, will be a guy who can use his bat to get on base. You know, even even with the down year, his on base is still 40 points higher than Rowdy Telez. So Dickerson's going to take that lefty bat off the bench roll. He's, I don't expect him to play a lot in the outfield, um, given the talent that the Blue Jays have. But remember back in spring training when we saw Lourdes Gurriel Jr. getting reps at first base? This may be why. Because I don't know how much faith the Blue Jays front office, the Blue Jays management, had in Rowdy Telez at the start of the season. So Gurriel getting first base reps, kind of a, a backup plan. Just in case a situation like this arose. Where Rowdy wasn't going to be your average guy playing there. And they needed someone to give Vladdy Jr. a day off. So Gurriel's played at first base at times in each of the last three seasons. He's done so this season already. So it's it's not foreign for Gurriel to be there. I mean, he, he, he'll get more starts there now. Um, and admittedly, Losing Guriel's cannon in the outfield doesn't help. But, you know, just he is able to do that. So he is able to give Vladdy that time off. And the Blue Jays don't really lose anything by not having Teles on the bench. And essentially carrying five outfielders. Um, because, I mean, uh, like I said, I don't really expect Dickerson to get a lot of play... Um, in the field, but he's been primarily a left fielder. So they can actually do that kind of lineup um, with Dickerson at, in left, Guriel playing first base, or DHing, and then Vladdy doing the other thing. So they maintain a little bit of flexibility with that just because of Guriel. But um, yeah, Dickerson, I see primarily as just a, a lefty back coming off the bench. And I mean, Miami's paying for his contract. So. Miami wanted to get him out of there. They have a lot of young outfield prospects coming up. They brought up Jesus Sanchez this year. Um, he's been getting a lot of play. Um, they have guys like J.J. Blade in the minor leagues who could be getting a look given where this season seems to be going for Miami. They have Magnurgis Sierra back there, so it's easy to get him out of the way. Um and for the Blue Jays, it's a means to acquire someone they really needed and who we're going to be talking about in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about our new sponsor here, Wild Alaskan Company. Um, and if Wild Alaskan kind of tips you off, they know fish. They know seafood. And, you know, I'm, I love fish. I, I wasn't always a woman who loved fish, but I've gotten more into it. But preparing fish and selecting fish, it's a pain in the butt. And if you get, like, that the pre-selected, like, you know, 
vacuum sealed fillets, like they never taste as good as what you get from a restaurant, right? So what's the solution to that? Wild Alaskan Company. They take the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood because they deliver high-quality, sustainably sourced seafood right to your door. You can have salmon, you can have whitefish, you can get both if you want, and they have different specials every month to explore. They are wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare, easy to cook, and going to taste delicious. So, it's seafood how it's intended to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, no antibiotics. Wild Alaskan Company providing you with nutrition from nature and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. So right now, you can get 15% off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com MLB for $15 off your first box wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you and get tasty fish delivered directly to your door. Alright, I, I teased this long enough. Corey Dickerson, great, awesome, but in, in essence he is a means to an end because the big name for Blue Jays fans and the one you need to know going forward is Adam Simber, 30-year-old from Portland, drafted in the ninth round by San Diego in 2013, um, was a part of that big deal between San Diego and Cleveland, um, the Brad Hand deal. It was Hand and Simber for uh, Francisco Mejia, which, you know, worked out very well for San Diego. Um... Simber got traded to Miami in a bit of a salary dump in 2020 um, just because Cleveland decided, nah, we, we, don't, uh, we don't need actual relievers. Psh, what's that about? Um, so yeah, instead Simber goes to Toronto. He is a right-handed submarine pitcher. And I don't know if you know, but... I, I kind of love me some submarine action. I was a big fan of Chad Bradford back in the day when he was pitching for Oakland. Um, I liked Byung Hyun Kim. I am not ashamed of that. Um, but yeah, Simber is a guy who immediately offers the Blue Jays a, a solid late inning option in place of some of the more maddening late inning options that they've had to use around Jordan Romano. Yes, I'm talking about you, Tyler Chatwood. Get out of the eighth inning. I don't want to see you there again. So, Simber is having his best campaign as a major league reliever. In 33 games for Miami this season, he's got a 288 ERA, in 34 and a third innings over 33 games. He is strictly a one-inning guy, but the Blue Jays need one-inning guys who can actually get through an inning. As whips at 1.19, and basically everything he gives up are ground balls. Simber, because he's that submarine kind of pitcher, it takes a lot of effort to be able to get loft on any of his pitches. The launch angle is just not there. Um... 
with his offerings. So he is not a guy who gives up home runs. Zero home runs allowed this season. If you combine last season with Cleveland, he's given up one home run in his last 47 games. I will take that very quickly over some of the stuff I've seen from Blue Jays relievers. Um, and, and like I said, that Cleveland bullpen was a big part of its success um, the past couple years, building off what the starters were able to do and just nailing down things. So even if that offense wasn't firing, um, the pitching usually carried Cleveland to victories. So Simber comes in, gives the Blue Jays that immediate um, security that he's not going to be blown up, so to speak. Actually only allowed 11 earned runs this season. Three of them were unearned um, through various means, but um, he's he's just a very, very solid, solid, reliable, not going to blow up <laughs> option. And like I said, I, I think we've not really valued um, just how important it is to have someone who's not going to blow up half the time that he goes out there. I mean, he's not, he's not overpowering, but he gets the job done. Um, you know, he's a, he's a three pitch guy. Um, he has a four seam fastball that tops out at about 88. And, and that's, you know, if he's really cranking, it's usually actually mid eighties. But he combines that with a sinker and a slider that comes across at like 76. So a big change of pace slider there. Um, and and all he does is get ground balls. Like that that is his job and he does it very well. That He uses a lot of movement. He uses that, that arm angle trajectory to get ground balls. And the Blue Jays need ground balls. They have a good infield. They have, um, they have Biggio. They have Bichette. They have Simeon. And Guerrero, so they can handle ground balls as long as Bobichet doesn't throw them away. Or Biggio. I don't need to revisit the, hey, let's airmail everything from third base portion of the season. But it's going to be a lot harder to blow up a pitcher like Adam Simber than it is a guy like Tyler Chatwood, who when he gives up contact, it just shoots into the outfield. And, and that's if he can find the plate when he's having one of his blow-ups. Because, ugh. Anyway. Simber's a great acquisition. I love this. I, I'm going to be very happy seeing him in the bullpen, hopefully. But it actually gives me hope that, you know, maybe this is the move. When, when Barucki comes back, when Delise comes back, that Simber in relation with these guys makes for a powerful unit at the back end. And then they don't have to rush Julian Merriweather back. And I don't want to rush him back because that will just end poorly for everyone. So I'm happy with this. Um, we'll talk about the Blue Jays that are going out in a second. Before we do though, I got to give you some, some snack options. I told you about wild Alaskan before with its great seafood, but if you want a great snack on the back end, then you need to get yourself some Built Bars. Built Bar, longtime sponsor, friend of the podcast, offering you tasty protein bars 
that range from 130 to 180 calories with 17 to 18 grams of protein and only four to five grams of sugar in every bar. You have nine different flavors that you can choose from. If you go to their website right now, they have like mint brownie and German chocolate cake and cookies and cream, and salted caramel and strawberry, raspberry, but you get cookies and cream and mint brownie. Those are the best ones. And, and Cherry Barcia, they actually have 10. I undersold them. But if you can pick, you get a mix box and get that sent to you. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you will get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKED15. So promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com and get you those tasty Built Bars sent directly to your box. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so as as hard as it is to believe, the Blue Jays did give up some players to Miami in this deal. And we'll talk about them briefly. Um, first, the most recognizable name, Joe Panic. Joe Panic goes to Miami mostly to clear up a 40-man roster spot. Um, but yeah, Panic did all right. Uh, 235 average in two seasons with Toronto. Um, was a very capable backup infielder, but what this should do for the Blue Jays, um, in addition to clearing up that 40-man spot for, um, for Corey Dickerson while he's on the IL, it will mean that Santiago Espinal gets to spend more time with the big club, and Espinal has earned it with his play. He's batting 292. He's been playing very good defense. He's got speed to spare. And and just generally has deserved a spot for the past two seasons. Now Espinal has it. He's going to be the primary backup infielder for this squad. And can't think of a more deserving player to have it. So very, very happy that Espinal is going to be back up there. Very, very... Um, satisfied with Joe Panic's service, but he was brought on to be more of a veteran mentor and with Marcus Simeon and George Springer back, don't really need him as much. So Joe Panic goes. He, he probably would have been DFA'd. At least now he gets some playing time in Miami with, with John Birdie. Um, the prospect going to Miami is Andrew McInvale. He's a 37th round pick in 2019 out of Liberty. And anytime you can remove an aspect of Liberty University from your organization, I'm in favor of it. Um, ignoring, ignoring where he went to school. Um, McInvale was doing fairly well at AA New Hampshire this season. Uh, had a 218 ERA in 13 relief appearances. Over 20 and two-thirds innings. He had 28 strikeouts. So seemed to have found something as a reliever probably his role going forward so if Miami gets something out of him for that good on him but uh, McInvale very low on the prospect totem pole for Toronto so I I don't think he's going to be missed I would much rather have Simber by the way I didn't mention um Adam Simber's under team control until 2025 um because he, he's just entering arbitration and yeah, team control is great for a guy who potentially can give you sub three ERAs in the bullpen. So, very happy about that. 
Um, the Blue Jays did have to make a roster move to make space for Simber, though, and they made the decision to DFA Travis Bergen. Um, Bergen was pitching in Buffalo. He'd been assigned back there um, after his injury stint. And I did have a message on Twitter from Tim Bennett at TyBen12 asking um, why Bergen was the choice, thought there would be others who were first to be DFA'd. So... Here's the thing. I've I've said I'd rather see Bergen um, get a shot back at the bullpen. He had good overlying numbers in 10 uh, appearances for Toronto this season. He had a 169 ERA with um, just five hits allowed. Um, the problem with Bergen, though, is a lot of that came via his defense bailing him out. Um, and if you look at some of the control metrics, um, he only had six strikeouts against eight walks in those 10 appearances. And you factor in two uh, hit-by-pitches, that's 10 free batters against six strikeouts. And it inflates his fielding independent pitching up to 605, which is a huge disparity from his ERA. And... The Blue Jays obviously felt there would be a correction at some point, hence why Bergen was sent back to Buffalo to try and iron things out. And and even in Buffalo, uh, the correction might have been happening because he had a 6.75 ERA in Buffalo over two and two-thirds innings. Um, and again, the walks were killing him. Four walks against three strikeouts. Only gave up the one hit, but the one hit was a two-run home run. So... Uh, Toronto felt that Bergen would be more expendable. They do have lefty options on the 40-man roster. They do have Tim Meza, who is definitely in the circle of trust for um, Charlie Montoyo. They theoretically have Ryan Barucki coming back. And those two lefties by themselves may be enough in the Blue Jays' eyes, considering they like pitchers who have strong metrics against both sides. Um, and if you look at some of the other options, you also have Tyler Salcedo um, up with the big club. They have Nick Alguer on their 40-man roster. He's another lefty. So they have lefty options available that are less likely to be um, to be able to remain with the team if DFA'd. So Bergen, a guy who's boomeranged, um, been claimed before, never really been able to stick. He was the guy delivered who I'm expecting to be determined the safest DFA. Um, I know uh, a lot of fans would probably prefer to see Jeremy Beasley go, but they have a lot of lefties. So Bergen does make sense in that regard as the DFA target. Um, I would be surprised if he's claimed given his struggles with control this season. And I expect him to remain in Buffalo as an option should the Blue Jays need him later in the season. So, that is where I am with that, Tim. Um, thank you for, for asking the question. I appreciate it. Um, you know, if you have any other questions, feel free to send them. They will be answered on this podcast where you can subscribe to it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the Odyssey app. Wherever you find podcasts, you can subscribe. And make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast where they're talking about the Clippers winning Game 5. Um... Cool. They still need to win six and seven. 
So get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow this podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked On Jays. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter and ask your questions as Tim did um, by following at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. But hey, it allows us to coordinate with the Padres on all-star campaigns. And I will be talking about that in a future episode. Might be talking with my uh, Padres counterpart, Javi Reyes. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can if we can get something like that up. But until next time, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at JaysFromTheCouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. And y'all take care.